thinking. Thinking whilst running, thinking before running, thinking after running might be that we have more ability, more opportunity to improve our run performance if we look at how we think about running. But first, the intro. Welcome to Hypno Running, the show where we do more than just talk about running. We help you find solutions to develop your full potential, making you a better, faster, and smarter runner. And here is your host, Heiko. <laughs> yes, of course, I know, it sounds logic. How we think about our running does affect how we run. Obvious, you might say, but how to harness this? How to ensure that the thoughts actually have an effect on my run? I mean, how to really do that? How to change something in our mind and then get an effect in or, or whilst you're running? I mean, it's not that you don't believe there's a connection there, isn't it? <laughs> it's just that maybe this connection is, okay, Heiko, it's, it's in theory, but perhaps you have never been able to to redo this or, or relay this in practice. Or, or, or you think, you know what, this is a thing that only pro runners use <laughs> and you're not a pro runner. Or even how could you possibly invest the time to learn something that might not even work because, oh well, it just sounds too good to be true, huh? <laughs> sounds too easy to do. A good thing you have tuned into today's show. Because here, for the next couple of minutes, maybe 15, maybe 20 minutes, maybe 18 minutes, what we're going to talk about is precise, doable steps that you, my dear listener, not only can, you will implement it today, right after the show. And yes, you're going to feel an immediate effect. And it's got to do with snipping. You've got to remember snipping here. And by the way, no, it's not a, it's not a life hack or, hey, get fast, quick scheme. Um, if you like, go back and listen to some of the previous episodes. Look, especially if you're a new listener, what you're going to find is someone, me, <laughs> with a passion for running, who's not only been an active runner for over 35 years, but also, you know, I, I wanted to understand why, why some runners can easily go a certain distance and others cannot even fathom that distance. They can't wrap their head around it. And then I had the, the privilege of working with many top trainers and having trained runners in the States or in Europe, I understood that, you know, the, the main area of improvement is not where the focus is being placed on. Now, this is a bit of my mission, you know, the f where, you know where, where the focus goes, energy flows. And the marketing machine out there, they get our focus. The apparel manufacturers, they know how to highlight a problem. And, and they let you come up with the obvious conclusion that their product is the solution. Hey, and look, I love gear. I mean, I enjoy having great running shoes and a great t-shirt and all that. But hang on, there is a limit to what this gear can do for you. And like, you know, so many runners, they have a smartwatch, they have the app, that special shirt, the shoes. But you know what? The times, the distances, if they are far below what you think is your potential, then you're focusing too much or you're being distracted too much by that marketing machine. It's, it's a bit like your neighbor who owns that sports car, and perhaps you're a bit envious, you know, and he's owned it for as long as you've known him, but you'll hardly see him drive it, let alone take it to a racetrack. Okay, each to his own, but just to stick to the example of owning a high-performance vehicle, if you've ever been on a circuit, a race circuit, and perhaps you had a pro driver with you, and... <clears throat> 
you had the opportunity to drive a highly powered vehicle around a track. I'm, telling, I'm getting goosebumps right now remembering it. You know, it has to be one of the most adrenaline-inspired moments. You know, that's when you realize what this vehicle is actually capable of. You know, what thoughts are now possible once you have felt and experienced that. Looking at that car, what thoughts come up? And, and this principle, it applies to your running as well. <laughs> Look. I know, you're a regular runner. You enjoy it. It seems to be good for your health. And, and the challenge of running, as long as it feels okay, is good enough. You might even be of the, hey, don't drop the boat type, you know. What do I mean? Well, it's those runners that say like, use words like, well, I never do that. You know, I never stretch or I never stretch after a race or, well, that's just not my distance. Or perhaps they use words like, if I run further than that, I get an injury or a niggle. <clears throat> but that's not very inspiring words, is it? That's not going to give you that, <laughs> that goosebumps moment. No, that's, not, that's going to limit you of reaching your potential. And you know what I say on this show? Time is very short. Before we know it, we're going to be sitting in an old age home. Not to get depro now, but it's going to happen. So why not use that energy that you have and obtain your best potential in running? Uh, and that is important, definitely. You know, you're investing the time anyway. And <clears throat> let's look at ways to get the maximum performance, which is not only going to help your self-esteem, it's going to help your self-worth. Uh, hey, and anybody can, can do with more self-worth or self-esteem. You know, no more victim mode attention-seeking Facebook posts. <laughs> you know, serious. The quality of your run, it's going to have a big influence on your everyday life. And especially to those of you that feel like an imposter which you never should. If you've gone out for a run, you're not an imposter. <laughs> you should just get off social media. You know, Medal Hunter 1985 or Mummy Loves to Run 1990. They might have a... I'm just making these names up. But you know who I mean. You know, they, it's, it's those that show off their medals and the miles that they run. You know, only the 12 miles today didn't feel great. And you're like, I just struggled to do three miles today. <laughs> Get off social media. At least unfollow, you know. <clears throat> and, <clears throat> okay, let me not get carried away on mummy's love to run 1990 or metal hunter 1985 um, th there's a lot to say about runners and how to improve the mental side of our sport and if by the way this topic interests you no not the metal hunter 1985 the mental side of the sport how to develop this and how to become a more consistent runner and <clears throat> perhaps you're developing some thoughts along the line of, you know, running more than, than five times a week. Yeah, I could do that. I could run every day. I could run every day, perhaps for 30 days. Perhaps I could run for three months. Perhaps I could run half a year every day. And next thing you're thinking, could I possibly, oh, I don't want to say it. Could I run a whole year every day? Oh, no, impossible. I couldn't. You know, Tuesdays, you know, I get late from work on Thursdays. I've got to do this. And hang on, hang on. If you've ever had that thought to see how far you can really go, the easiest one is to do a 365-day run streak, your own run streak. You don't need to create a new Facebook page and a new Instagram page and design your own T-shirt. No, you don't need to share it with anyone. You're going to be doing this for yourself, and you're going to become an everyday runner. What does that make you? That makes you a no-excuses runner. You know what fitness level you're going to be on? You know what benefits are there, but... This is a different topic. Um, I have additional advice on how to achieve something like that. I've done numerous of those. And if you'd like to know, wrap your head around it. I've written a easy to read, easy to read, 
follow. It's, it's a guidebook, short and sweet. Hey, if you want long and something entertainment, rather go for seven pillars of wisdom or something like that. But if you want concrete running advice on your best running year, you're going to go to Amazon anyway. Just enter my name, Heiko, H-E-I-K-O, Stribble, S-T-R-I-B-L, and 365 days. And as I said, it's a step-by-step guide that will get you towards a full running year. It's a cheap booklet. Means the costs are very low, but the content is precious. It's very good. It's real-life advice for you. Okay, decision-making and strategic thinking. Now, these are words that you might associate with your work, or some big project that you may have. But many runners don't associate this with their everyday running, decision-making and strategic thinking. Exceptional runners, however, appear to dive into this inspirational thinking and balance it with practical execution. And by doing this, these people prove there are strong thought processes behind their doing. Again, strong thought processes behind their doing. Nobody becomes... Uh, no excuses runner without having a strong thought process. There is a strong mental model that you have in place. And, and this, this show isn't about me. I never do a me, 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 me show. Uh, uh, today I want to quote to you something by Roger Bannister. He knew how to close a gap. Actually, it's, it's a fantastic book, the first four minutes. And he wrote, and I'm quoting here, I quickened my stride trying at the same time to keep relaxed. What is he doing here? I quicken my stride, trying at the same time to keep relaxed. So he's not pushing himself mentally into a zone where he's going to lose it, where he's going to overdo it. He's telling himself he's going to keep relaxed. Then, I was always hypnotized by his easy shuffling stride. That's Landy. Landy is in front of him. He's catching him up. He's closing the gap. And he's talking about his easy shuffling stride. The most clipped and economical I have ever seen. Wow, so what did he do here? He simply writes the most clipped and economical I've ever seen. It's factual information. He's not attaching a value to it. Then, I tried to imagine myself attached to him by some invisible cord. Wow, and with each stride I drew the cord tighter and reduced his lead. My goodness, this is powerful stuff. This is powerful decision-making and strategic thinking. And, of course, Landy maintained his pace, uh, running the third lap in 60 seconds, but Bannister clocked 59.3, and he was gaining. And uh, when the bell, the bell was rung the last lap, was, uh, Landy was at 2.58, and Bannister was 0.6 behind. Landy again accelerated, and the gap again began to, to widen. And then he writes here, I'm quoting again, as we entered the last bend, I tried to convince myself that he was tiring. <laughs> That's what Bannister wrote in, the, four, in the, the first four minutes. Can you believe? He was, I tried to convince myself that he was tiring. He wasn't focusing on himself like, oh, I'm feeling tired. Oh, the, the gap is too big. Oh, my goodness. Look at him pull away now. Oh, my goodness. He sure is a great runner. He's in, yeah. No. He is trying to convince himself that he was tiring. It's a conscious decision. 
Then, listen to this, near the end, Landy had a look to see if he had done enough to hold off Bannister. And off the last pen, and you can watch this video, he glanced inside to look behind over his left shoulder. And at the same moment, Bannister came past on the outside on his right shoulder, you know, and he gave him a glance inwards over his opposite shoulder, Bannister wrote. And, and this tiny act of his, Landy's act, held great significance and gave me confidence, Bannister, okay? And, and Landy's resistance was broken in that second, and Bannister crossed the line to win in 358.8, and Landy was 0.8 seconds behind him. It was the first time two runners had broken four minutes for the mile in the same race, and Bannister was exhausted after crossing the line. He collapsed into the arms of the official. I quote again, he is the sort of runner I could never become, and for this I admire him, Bannister later wrote, of Landy in the first four minutes. Because he had many records, and his boldness, you know, and... Wow. So what did he do? Bannister. I mean, we all know yeah, he broke the four-minute mile. That's it. But look what he did. And of course, he was a gifted runner. Of course, he was. And don't come now with, well, he was very talented. I'm not so talented. It's not about you and what you not are. It's about what you can learn from Bannister, what you can actually do. So what did he do? He thought, just his thoughts, that's where it started. He took a decision to think, and then he made a decision. And everybody can learn to utilize some basic techniques to improve their decision-making skills. Now, there's an iceberg model. Because this is a podcast, there's no visual aid, but everybody knows what an iceberg looks like. Okay, And the iceberg shows that the 10% is on top, that is the event, and the 90% is underwater. The complexity of the problem is submerged and these are the four thinking levels the event level that's where we start that's the tip of the iceberg the event level is the level at which you see the world for example let's say just for a second we are running a marathon we've trained for it we are wonderfully in shape we are we had a good night's sleep didn't have too much pasta dinner you're feeling good off you go, hey, clapping, hey, crowd goes wild, people are running, shuffling, shuffling, somebody stepping on your foot, elbows rubbing, and off you go. And you're behind the three-hour pacer. You train for it. But now after already the first couple of kilometers, wow, my goodness, what's happening? I suddenly feel awful. This pace, it's way too hard. <laughs> Ever had that maybe? Could be in a 10K race. You know, and whilst this issue of I'm, I'm feeling this pace is way too hard, it can be corrected with straightforward action. The, the iceberg model will help you not to push to a solution. Why? Because it's just 10%. That's why I said it's iceberg. It's just 10%. There's another 90% underneath that. Now, uh, just under the event is the pattern, the pattern level. And we, when we look just underneath the event level, we can compare the event over the next few kilometers. We may actually see that, you know what? We are on pace. <laughs> this is something we trained for, you know? It's, it just felt weird, maybe due to the crowd, maybe due to adrenaline rush. Let's look a little bit deeper. Next comes, after pattern comes, the structures. Now, the, at this point, we are we need to ask ourselves, what is causing the problem we are observing? And the appropriate response is normally some sort of structure. So <clears throat> did we hydrate enough, you know, energy level? You know, usually one says, you know, four to eight ounces of sports drink every 15 minutes or an energy gel every, every 30 minutes. Um, did you have enough electrolytes? 
And then comes the bottom of the iceberg, the mental model level. And these are visual representations in our mind, its convictions, its desires, its qualities that, that enable structures to keep working as they seem to be. And these are the convictions that we frequently gain instinctively from our previous run experiences. For example, if you're a regular being overtaken, it means, well, I'm not a fast runner. <laughs> no, it doesn't mean that, but that is a structural belief. Or these thoughts that you just are not made for the marathon, suddenly they come up. You know? So the long-term solution to a problem requires changing the mental model. Now, options are to just let your current thoughts consume your headspace. Top of the iceberg. It's too fast, I can't keep on. Maybe the pace is running too fast. You know, did I set my watch correctly? Did I do the math correctly? I should have taken a pace chart. Look, there's another runner overtaking me. You know, conclusion is six kilometers into the race. I can't do this time. You know, it's going to be a struggle of a run. Let me just, let me just try and finish. That's when the let me just try and finish thought comes in. And boom, the next thing, your mind is set on a struggling race. And of course, this becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And by the way, isn't it strange that so many runners believe in a, in a negative self-fulfilling prophecy, but hardly ever in one that gives positive results? <laughs> so what's up with that? Back to the marathon scenario. Whilst listening to this, I mean, you know the feeling. It's the start of the race. Pace feels way too fast. Not uncommon. It's the stress. It's the nerves or just the cold in, in Europe. If it's a cold start, you know that, uh, that you start with a faster pace. But what usually happens is... If we're thinking now below the event level, you're going to find your rhythm. I mean, does it really matter if the first two, three, five kilometers you ran too fast? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It's 42 kilometers you're planning to run. There's a lot of time and a lot of ground you still need to cover. So, <clears throat> don't just focus on the event level. Look at the pattern that is emerging. Is it correct? You know, this information I'm processing, you know, um, perhaps the, the navigation, you know, distorted my thoughts, you know, did, did I have that timing chip fastened correctly? You know, you got just distracted, you got carried away by your thoughts. And then once you know what it is, you're going to design a solution. Yes, design one. What was Bannister's solution? He pictured it. I tried to imagine myself attached to him by some invisible cord. And then, with each stride, I drew the cord tighter. He made a mental story out of it. Means he changed his mental model. Come on! If that isn't advice that you can't use right now, try it on your next event, your next 10k run, your next park run. Practice it. Imagine attaching yourself to the faster runner that just overtook you. Don't just take that iceberg, that first event. Find the pattern underneath it. Identify the structure of the mental model. So you're going to react, you're going to plan, you're going to design, and you're going to change. Wow. Now, another great way to do this is to speak out your doubts aloud. Uh, I'm not saying don't, don't shout them out like you're a crazy homeless person or something. I don't know offense to homeless people, but you know what I mean. <laughs> just speak out those thoughts. Don't frighten other pedestrians. Um, just mumble under your breath what you're thinking. Oh, my pace is too fast. You know, oh, I'm just not made for running. <sighs> Gee, why did I go for a run now? Yeah, my stomach or what have you. And what I want you to do then, as you're mumbling this, is just you, you snip your fingers. Snip your fingers. 
so that you realize what you're currently doing. It doesn't matter. I can't snip my fingers because I've got sweaty fingertips. It doesn't matter. Just the action alone. Wanting to do it is already enough. It'll show you you're on top of the iceberg. You are the tip of the iceberg. You're just on the event and you're falling into old patterns and you're reaching through old structures, a mental model that is not helpful. So as you snip those fingers, change the words that come out of your mouth. What's working? What's great about this run? What section of this run are you looking forward to? What part of your body feels great? Hey, where's the section where I'm going to pick up the pace? I'm not just going to do it the last 300 meters. You know, Why not incorporate a sprint to the next lamppost and see what's happening. You are planning, designing and changing your thoughts and the thoughts are going to lead to what? To incredibly powerful actions. Hey, try it. No excuses. And if you haven't gone for a run today yet, just go out right now. Come on, you'll be so glad you did. Doesn't matter if it's your off but hike, it's my off day today. It says in the training plan right here, off day. <laughs> or if you plan, you know, to, you already went for a run in the morning. Doesn't matter, go for a second run. You can run better. You can become a stronger runner. Now that, by listening to the show, you already became a smarter one. <laughs> oh, and by the way, what's all this based on that I'm talking about? What are all these motivational quotes? Many of them, most of them that you read on social media, do you know their origin? Actually, it is out of the Bible. Just listen to this. Philippians 4 verse 13. I can do all things. Try again. You can only fail if you stop trying and lean on this truth, you can do this with the strength God gives you. Wow, what a powerful verse. Hey, I really enjoyed today's show and oh, really, come on, just try it. Just do it on your next run. My name is Heiko. Thanks for listening. God bless you. And remember, take it easy.